Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. It had been rumored for some time now that Francis would hold another consistory. A consistory is where bishops and sometimes priests are elevated to the office of cardinal. If it would happen, I would take any such move to be confirmation that Francis is not in the best physical condition that he could be, as has been reported as rumors for the past couple of years now. I would take those rumors about his limited time remaining to be more or less true and more likely to be true if he did push for another consistory. Now we have word that not only is Francis elevating more cardinals, he's elevating a lot of new cardinals, and worse yet, he is giving promotions to some of the worst men in the church responsible for some of the biggest stories against sacred tradition and the integrity of the teaching authority of the church in the past few years. This consistory will be happening by the end of this summer. It's happening soon. Francis is making the next conclave all but a slam dunk for him. He's all but ensured that the next pope will be a Francis II instead of a Pius XIII. What does this mean for the church moving forward? Well, let's talk about that. Like I said, Francis has all but guaranteed that the next conclave will put a pope on the throne of Peter who will continue Francis's infernal work of bringing the ape of the church into full fruition. Headline from Crux. Pope Francis announces 21 new cardinals, including key allies. That's putting it mildly. I won't go over all of the cardinals here, but I will give you the highlights, or rather, the lowlights. From the article, quote, Pope Francis announced Sunday that he will create 21 new cardinals August 27th, including Bishop Robert McElroy of San Diego, long seen as one of his key allies in the United States. The other prelates hail from France, Brazil, India, Mongolia, Paraguay, Nigeria, Timor, and Italy, upholding the pontiff's tradition of focusing on the peripheries when adding to the College of Cardinals. All the cardinals of the world are set to be in Rome for the occasion. They will already be there for an August 29th to 30th session to reflect on the new Vatican's constitution that goes in effect June 6th. This will be Pope Francis's eighth consistory for the creation of new cardinals. Of the new crop of cardinals, 16 will be able to participate in a conclave that will eventually choose Pope Francis's successor. The other five are over the age of 80, making the title mostly an honorary one. Three of the new cardinals come from the Roman Curia, meaning the Catholic Church's central government. Arthur Roach, Prefect for the Congregation for Divine Worship and Discipline of the Sacraments. Lazaro Yu Sik, Prefect for the Congregation for Clergy. And Fernando Verges Alzaga, who runs the Vatican City State. End quote. Last week, I told you about how the modernists are pushing to change the rules for the conclave in order to avoid what they're calling deadlock. That probably won't be necessary, but two names stand out for our purposes here. Archbishop Roach and Bishop McElroy. Let's start with McElroy, who has a long history promoting the James Martin topic and being one of Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church's biggest Episcopal allies in his battle to get the church to reject the inerrancy of sacred scripture, embrace the values of the world, and okay sins that cry out to heaven for justice. The following is an excerpt from an article in American Magazine detailing the how apparently the Catholic Church owes an apology to the James Martin crowd, according to Bishop McElroy. Quote, the Pope's call for Christians to offer an apology to men and women of the James Martin Club, issued during his flight back to Rome from Armenia on June 26, was carefully welcomed by Bishop Robert McElroy of San Diego. I think it opens up a very helpful pathway to dialogue and hopefully healing, he told America on June 28th. 
Pope Francis, Bishop McElroy said, brings to this dialogue with James Martin Catholics who feel marginalized by or alienated from the church, a renewed and deepened focus on the questions of accompaniment and the mercy of God for all of us. We all walk together in a life of virtue and discipleship, Bishop McElroy said, and all of us fail at times. He added, we have to begin to incorporate that mercy into the depths of our hearts and souls in ways that are going to be uncomfortable for us. We all need to be shown mercy. It is something that binds us together, not differentiates us. What we need to project in the life of the church is you are part of us and we are part of you. James Martin Catholics are part of our families. That is not going to be an easy process, he acknowledged. It is one that will require preparation and a lot of discussion and accompaniment and reflection in the church. In the past, he argues, diocesan and parish leaders have struggled with two tendencies regarding James Martin types. Whether you had to sacrifice fidelity to the teaching of the church or sacrifice effective outreach to the James Martin crowd. My own view, the bishop said, is that much of the destructive attitude of many Catholics to the James Martin crowd is motivated by a failure to comprehend the totality of the church's teaching on James Martin interests. End lengthy quote. That article goes on and blatantly calls into question the church's teaching on the nuptial sacrament and activities suitable to the sacramental state. The most basic tenets of Catholic morality are being rejected, thrown out the window, by soon-to-be Cardinal McElroy in an open move to pave the way for neo-Catholicism. This is part and parcel of that ape of the church that I've been warning you about for a few years now. Francis isn't hiding what he's doing, and I'll go into that in a moment. The other bishop getting to a promotion needs no introduction to traditional Catholics, though. Archbishop Arthur Roach, who has tirelessly worked for Francis this past year to undermine the traditional Latin Mass, banish it to the peripheries of church life in the Latin West, and to eventually end it altogether. He was the author of Traditionis Custodis. He was the author of the responses at Dubia, and it is his office that almost certainly is responsible for putting pressure on bishops to put the most draconian limitations on the Latin Mass imaginable. I predicted that he would be made a cardinal, and I really hate it when I'm right about these things. Back in January, just after Responses at Dubia was published, Archbishop Roach told America Magazine that the reason for this was the highly individualistic nature of traditional Catholics, which is on its face a laughable claim. Quote, While the church's prayer should not be a battlefield, Archbishop Roach told Catholic News Service, it is understandable that people are passionate about it. The Eucharist is at the heart of what we are as Catholics. It is a thing to which we bring everything that's within us and from which we take everything in order to sustain us and to help us bear witness to Christ in the world in which we live, he said January 21st during an interview in his office. The Mass also reflects what the Church is and believes, he said, so the right used is not simply a matter of personal preference or sensibility. I think one of the problems that we are facing today is that we are living in a very individualistic world a very relativistic world, and where the individual preference promotes itself above the common good and the common expression, he said. I think that that is a very dangerous thing, and it is something that as Christians we really need to take very careful note of. This is not the Pope's Mass. It is not my Mass. It is not your Mass. This is the Mass of the Church, the Archbishop said. This is what the Church has decided how we express ourselves as a community in worship, and how we imbibe from the books of the liturgy, the doctrine of the Church. The differences between the pre-Vatican II and post-Vatican II Masses, he said, are not simply the use of Latin, chant, silence, and the direction the priest faces, end quote. In that same article, Roach and elsewhere, Roach goes on to describe how, he, how the understanding of what the Catholic Church is was changed at Vatican II. 
meaning in plain speak that they believe that what we have now is a new church, a new different religion. Think that the development of doctrine taken to an absurd and evil conclusion, and that's the thinking here. But that is the way that Roach and Francis think, and part of that remaking of the church is to bring the peripheries of the church and the world into proper power structure of the church, which may itself be laudable since Catholics in every part of the world should have Episcopal representation, including the highest echelons of the church. That thinking is front and center here with the selection of these new bishops. Many of them are from South America, India, and other places not traditionally understood to be power centers in the Catholic church. One thing is for certain, with this move, Francis is looking to secure the next conclave. I wasn't taking seriously the rumors that he doesn't have much time left on this earth, but after this move with this many cardinals being elevated, I am taking it far more seriously now than I was before. This is a power movement to prevent a moderate or even traditional pope from emerging at the next conclave. Francis knows exactly what he's doing here. He's securing the revolution in the church. He's securing his implementation of what he's calling Vatican II. He's securing the future of his synodal church. He's securing the future of the ape of the church. Last week, I brought to you the story of the Latin mass ban that came out of the blue and was implemented in St. Augustine, Florida. Many were surprised by the move since the bishop there wasn't one of the overtly hostile bishops against the traditional mass. Some speculated that it might be because a new younger bishop has been appointed by Francis, one cut from the same cloth as Roach and Supich. Headline from Arkansas Catholic. Father Erica Polmeyer appointed Bishop of St. Augustine, Florida. This priest seems on the surface to be innocuous, but there are a few subtle hints about him in the public record. From the Arkansas Catholic article, quote, Raised in Paris, Arkansas, Father Polmeyer was ordained a priest for the Diocese of Little Rock on July 25, 1998. He is currently the pastor of the largest parish in Little Rock, Christ the King Church, and director of the Office of Faith Formation and Office of Deacon Formation. He has been the theological consultant for Arkansas Catholic Newspaper for 19 years and director of continuing education of clergy since 2019. End quote. Note the mention of continuing education for clergy. One main element of Traditionis Custodis that has gotten insufficient coverage has been the part about educating and catechizing traditional Catholics about how awesome Vatican II and the new Mass are. That is probably why this priest is being brought in. He has a relevant experience and almost certainly has been seen as having the right opinion on things like liturgy in the springtime of Francis and the church. The immediate future for the church looks bleak. But what do you think of this? Is Francis really stacking the next conclave? 16 participating cardinals is a lot. That's a more than 10% increase. And the other five retired bishops getting this promotion will be able to go to the conclave and try to get support for whatever candidate they think is the one that needs to continue this work. That is what the retired bishops and cardinals do at the conclave. Is Francis going to be successful in all of this? Well, let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. Share this video if you can and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.